Hariyum, Shri Guru Bionamaha. What is it? What? The question, what is it, is an excellent summary of Jnana Yoga. Ramana Maharishi in Nupadesar has taken the different paths that lead to the ultimate goal. And so we saw Karma Yoga is serving and surrendering all the actions that we do to the higher. Bhakti Yoga is adoring and worshipping with the body, mind and speech. And now we've just seen the Eightfold Path of Ashtanga Yoga and it's about disciplining and evolving the mind, quieting it and then liberating ourselves from it. Jnana Yoga, the final path that's going to be talked about is the path of knowledge, to understand. The question is, what? What is spirituality? And here specifically, what is the mind? So we see that each path, the emphasis is a little bit different. In Karma Yoga, how is the question. How to act. Not so much what the action is, but how to act in a spirit of selflessness, in a spirit of dedication. And then in Bhakti Yoga too, the question is how to purify the mind. And the emphasis is on eliminating the negative tendencies of the mind, of anger, jealousy, greed, desire, and nurturing and strengthening the positive qualities of the mind. Tolerance, patience, compassion, cheerfulness, understanding. So how to change the personality so that it is more refined. How to increase the ability to love the Lord and the society at large. How? In Bhakti Yoga and in Karma Yoga. Even in pranayamas that we spoke about in Ashtanga's technique. How to quieten the mind how to make it still. Then, the techniques of how to meditate. Whereas we see here in Jnana Yoga, the question is not how. The question is what. In the path of understanding, yes, we want to understand what it is we want to do and how to do it. But more importantly, we want to understand what it is. And so, naturally, the first question is, we want to understand what is God or who is God. And there's a beautiful story of an emperor asking this to a spiritual master. You know, you talk about God, but where is he? Does he even exist? Because none of us can see him, and so how do you know? Show him to me. And this spiritual master naturally smiled and said, well, that's not possible. And this is very convenient, right? If you can't show him to me and you say it's not possible to see him, then that's like getting out of proving the existence of this entity that you keep glorifying so much. So the spiritual master took the emperor out on a very nice hot summer's day. And as they were sitting around midday, the rabbi said, look up to the sun. And the emperor was like, I can't. And physically, you can't. The sun is so incredibly bright that it's hard to look directly at it, especially at midday. Setting sun, rising sun, we can still look at. And sometimes even then, the glare can be quite harsh and we have to rest our eyes or turn away. But the midday sun, we can barely look at it. And even if we do, everything becomes spots and dark. And so this master said, if you cannot even look at the sun, 
which is but a servant of the divine. How do you expect to see the divine? And the beautiful thing about this analogy is that the sun's right there. It's not like it's hiding. It's right there. Technically speaking, you can see it. And definitely you can see the effects of it, because the sun lightens up the world for us. In the same way, divinity's there. We just don't have the eyes to see it, but we see the effects of it. And since that's so vague to understand, like we saw last class about the oneness, and it really is very subtle, how to get the mind around that? Well, we start with a simpler question. Here in verse 17, Ramana Maharishi asks, What is the mind? Seems like a very relevant question, an easy enough question. I mean, each one of us definitely has a mind, and we've been using it all these years that we have been alive. So we have one. We know we have one. What is it? And so there's entire schools of thought dedicated to understanding the mind, psychology or behavioral sciences, and even within psychology, different psychologists or philosophers that define the mind in so many different ways. And I remember even when I myself was studying in psychology, the definition of the mind goes on for one whole paragraph. It is a collection of thoughts, feelings, beliefs, personalities, the intricate interconnections that we make in our thinking processes or cognitive processes, if you want to use the technical word, is our mind. Cognition. And even if you look at the word cognition, it's actually recognition, recognizing. So cognizing is to make sense of it, and recognizing is to again and again make sense of it. That's what the mind does. I see a book. I come to understand that this is a book, and then every time I look at a book again, I recognize it. Is that what the mind is? Repeated actions of doing the same things that we have come to understand? No, it's far more. It's that entire paragraph. But Bhujya Gurudev Swami Chinmayananda gave us a very easy to understand working definition of the mind. Mind is a flow of thoughts. And this working definition fits in excellently with Ramana Maharishi's understanding of how he's going to explain the mind. Mind is a collection of thoughts, and then we can categorize the thoughts in different ways because there's so many. There's so many thoughts that we think, and there's so many different kinds of thoughts that we think, and we saw even just earlier here in Upadesar, there's functional thinking, and there's emotional thinking, and there's desirous thinking. But whatever it is that we are thinking, and whatever kind of thought it is, it remains a thought. And the mind isn't just one thought. We definitely experience that day in, day out. We have so many, and they continue. So it's like a flow. And the analogy Gurudev used to give is just like the river is a flow of water, the mind is a flow of thoughts, and sometimes it's gushing with great speed. Sometimes it's peacefully moving down, and it doesn't even appear to have a movement. It can be that still, although it is moving. And then again, like the river, the top might not seem to have a lot of movement, Underneath, there's so much going on. There's the reeds and the movement and the fishes go swimming within. So too with our mind. 
it has so many layers. We have the conscious layer and the subconscious layer, and depending again on how we want to categorize it, they can be more than one layer, one way of defining the different layers of our mind. So what is the mind? And this is the question that starts off the path of jnana. This is the question that Ramana Maharishi is asking us. And so, think about it. For more in-depth talks from Swamini Supriyananda and other excellent teachers of the Chinmaya Mission, you can subscribe to chinmayaclicks.com. You can also visit the Chinmaya channel on YouTube for bite-sized inspiration and discourses on in-depth Vedantic texts. To know about local classes, activities, and upcoming retreats, visit www.chinmayamission.com and see you on the next podcast.